you know, sometimes that team that tears your heart out each and every Sunday shines on you and gives you a nice win. And it lines up with your buddy's win. And you can have smiles all podcast long. This is the push-off. Welcome to a very fun episode of Push Off Podcast. It's your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last weekend while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan, 40 points, and it wasn't even that close right. Yeah, Dan, so uh, victory uh, week for the uh, Push Off Podcast this week. How about it? How about it? It feels good. I like it. Um, you've had a, a good amount of these. You guys have seven wins now, is that right? Yeah, we are uh, We are standing atop the NFC East, feeling pretty good about it. Um, you know, could have been better. Uh, could have beat those pesky Broncos, but uh, it looks like we have officially righted the ship, and we are 7-2, and two, uh, nine games into the season. Feel pretty good. Yeah. Found out that, uh, um, what was it, Coach there, sent everybody a... a, a um, Tube of monkey butt. Yeah, Mike McCarthy. To, to, <laughs> McCarthy to take care of everybody's uh, um, not wiping abilities. I don't know. <laughs> monkey <laughs> well, butt said, truly is to help you with uh, yeah, not 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 cleaning your butt well enough that you get a little rash back there. But well, it's it's is your butt sore? Is it maybe sore from getting whooped? Uh, basically there thirty to nothing. If it's sore, put a little monkey butt on there. Uh, I love that this week was red ass week. Uh, down at the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. This is also after McCarthy last year did the fucking Gallagher thing. Uh, With the so pumpkin, he's just yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike McCarthy, watermelon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this week we uh, got some news, uh, like we always do uh, before the the week of football and after the Push Up podcast comes out. That's Odell Beckham going to the Rams. That happened. We we saw him play actually for them this week, so we'll get into that. Cam Newton going back to the Panthers and getting in there. Not only yeah. getting in there, but geez, he, he's going to have a little future going on there. And uh, the only other thing I want to kind of bring up before we jump into this week of games, which wasn't bad. There were some real good ones. There were some stinkers, but some surprising stinkers, is uh, I think this is the week where the Colts hard knocks begins. Which this is the week where I want to see the Colts hard knocks. This is what I've... <laughs> This is well, the it starts shit. at the beginning, right? Right. Yeah. It starts at the top. But this is this is what I want. Like this is, you know, my feelings of Carson. Wentz, I'm not a super negative Carson Wentz guy. I just I was really worried about the Colts at the beginning of the season, and really through halfway to the season. But they're five and five now. You know, there's yeah. they're right in the thick of it. The AFC is absolutely wide the fuck open. There's like twelve dudes in the AFC that can that can make the the fucking dance right now it's kind of insane um tomorrow at at uh 9 central time 9 chicago time is uh when it'll be on uh, hbo oh i'll be Sorry, watching go ahead i'll be watching yeah yeah i'll have to find it out yeah so next week we'll bring it up we'll talk a little bit about uh what hard knocks 
live here of the Indianapolis Colts throughout the season, what it's going to look like. It'll be quite interesting, but yeah, more football during the week. Why not? Yeah. Sign, sign me up. There was nothing I was doing on Wednesday anyway. Uh, that was the one bit of where I tried to take off for football. Well, not no more. No. Don't need it. <laughs> Don't need these days off. We got Mondays. NFL needs your peepers yeah. each and every day. Monday, we've, uh, we've of course, got you know Monday Night Football. Tuesday, we record the Push Off Podcast. Wednesday, Hard Knocks. Thursday, more football. Friday is really the only day we got off from football. I guess uh, it is now. Yeah. You know, Moving on to Friday. You, Unless you watch high school football, which I'm, I don't have any kids in high school, that would make me a fucking creep. So I don't do that. <laughs> so too bad. Can't find no football on Friday. Um, but yeah, no, uh, soon enough, the NFL starts bleeding into those extra days too. We'll get into those. Because uh, Thanksgiving, not this week, but the following week, that'll be coming too. And there's a, a three-game Thursday then for you. Always a Cowboys um, game on Thanksgiving. That's, that's and always to be a grateful Cowboys for. Game. Just, just right in the middle there of uh, your turkey day, just to either save it or, or destroy it for you. Huh? <laughs> well, I mean, unfortunately, there, you know, you also have to watch the fucking lions, so that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> uh, yep. But yeah, I mean, it's well, it's thrilling. I love it every year. It's one of the things that makes Thanksgiving so fun. And everybody in my family knows that, like, oh, Dan's a fucking psycho for the Cowboys, so we'll just leave him the fuck alone during the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. So generally I'm sitting there eating delicious turkey and just <laughs> watching football, and it's really fantastic. And the nice thing is now that i got kids, my in-laws are over, they're watching the kids while I eat turkey and watch football. It might be my new favorite holiday. <laughs> it, it's the, the most hands-free probably you get <sighs> for the football games. Wonderful. Nice. Um, okay, so let's get into these games. Uh, Thanksgiving is still a good week away, so uh, let's hit the games and talk about what we got before uh, Thanksgiving week. There was a few choices here for game of the week. Uh, we had a tie. We'll get to that one, but I wanted to go with one that mattered. <laughs> that was certainly um, not the game of the week. <laughs> no, no. And, yeah, and it's got to be, you know, teams that came out to play. And I think for me it is Saints titans and yep. titans beating the saints 23 21 this was a tight game both teams did come to play it was a little back and forth oh yeah uh trevor simeon two touchdowns Tannehill two total one rushing in uh mark ingram with a little surprise return and over 100 yards and um yeah bullock hitting the the field goals and the titans d showing up again and and making me look like a fool here because i thought Tennessee is going to be, you know, they're they're missing their defense. They let the big guys go, but no, they're they're coached up quite well. They keep impressing me, and this is another win. It's a tight one against a Saints team, but it's a win. This uh, this Saints team, even in a loss, made me feel a lot better about their prospects moving forward. With Trevor Simeon behind, you know, behind center, uh, Taysom Hill being used the way they want him to as a gadget player, you know, obviously. Trevor Simeon is not even what Jameis Winston was, but I think he's a better all-around, you know, multi-down quarterback than Taysom Hill is. So I think this will help the Saints. The Saints' defense has also been balling out. Uh, the Titans somehow keep winning all these fucking games with like half-capacity dudes. It's honestly yeah. fucking insane. Like when this team gets back to full strength, I don't know how you stop the Tennessee Titans. More damningly, I don't know what you'll do when the Tennessee Titans get a fucking first-round bye and then get everybody back healthy after a week. Because everybody they're getting back healthy, they're not rookies. They're not guys that are like, oh, I don't know how to play this game. These are vested veterans that will be ready to fucking go, no rust, 
I don't want to play Tennessee in the playoffs. Yeah, Derrick Henry, um, not only healthy but fresh. Oh, shit. <laughs> For real. Um, this game, though, back and forth. Uh, Saints scored first, two-point conversion, no good. Uh, oh, excuse me, scored first touchdown. Uh, went for two, didn't get it, and then, so it was six to three uh, in the second. Then um, when the Titans go down there, it's a third down play, I think, to settle for a field goal. And there's this questionable roughing the passer call. Like Tannehill barely kind of got hit. It, I know it's early in the game, but you kind of it 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 resulted in a touchdown right before the half. So yeah, there were a Titans couple of those that. this week. There was, yeah, you're right. Back and not in the only this game. So the Titans took the lead in the half, thirteen to six. Saints fumble that second half kickoff, and boom, Titans are up twenty to six. So Saints did everything, and the refs did to put them behind the the eight ball here, and they still came out with a two point loss. Like I didn't think this game was going to be that close. Um, my brother was talking about it because he does picks all the time with us too, and he's like. Uh, yeah, I was, this was one of the close ones. I'm like, no, nah, Titans got this one. I, I don't know why you're worried about the saints at, on the road or whatever, but sure enough. And then he texts me at that two point conversion going, Oh yeah, it's, he's, they got it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the best way to describe these paints, uh, the, sorry, these saints this year is pesky. This is a mm-hmm. pesky saints team. Like every win that they've got has been with the exception of the win over the fucking, uh, over the Packers has has been close, has been tight, has been a hard fought game. All of their games are hard fought, um, and that's really all you can ask from a team that's right in the throw of things in the NFC South, which is also another right. di- division that is suddenly wide the fuck open. Um, yes. Even at five and four, they're still within striking distance. They're you know they're not out of it. Nope, that's true. Yeah, so it's something to keep a lookout for. However, the Tennessee Titans, like we're talking about, they're running away with it, and they get a divisional game next week. The uh, Houston Texans coming off the bye. We know Terod's healthy, so he'll be back and playing starter. But uh, it is – oh, excuse me, it's in Tennessee. I don't know if I said it was in uh, Houston. It's in Tennessee. So this is Texans (laughs) at Titans. um, This is like a homecoming game. This is fucking bad. Yeah, I mean, there's who the fuck is picking the Texans in this game? Like, this has to be the trappiest game of all trap games if they win this thing. I know it's division, but the talent differential for even a injured Tennessee team versus a fully ready to go Texans team is so wide. I, I mean, Tennessee by Tennessee by thirty. Uh, yeah. Can I say that we normally pick a win, but can I say by thirty? Titans already have eight wins. That's nuts. Um, and the Texans already have eight losses. Yeah, so uh, Titans win this one. Titans take it, and uh, maybe we we spend a week not uh, S in the Titans D and put them on two-minute no offense. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Like, just go to the two-minute no offense. Don't make it close. Don't make it weird. Throttle them. There you go. And uh, moving on, let's talk about uh, – oh, I, I apologize, Dan, but this is the next one. The Eagles' big win in Denver, 30-13. to 13. <sighs> Came up, played good. Devonta Smith, two touchdowns on his birthday. Happy birthday uh, to the uh, reigning Heisman, right? He's still reigning. Yeah. yeah. They haven't yeah. picked a new one yet. Um, yeah. He can't He can't get it again, but I guess you can still say reigning <laughs> until somebody yeah, else gets it. Yeah, he's still reigning. You know, you're the, um, Vanessa Williams is the reigning Miss America until she, uh, you know, had a script. Okay, you're right. So it counts. Um, Eagles take an immediate lead, 10 nothing in this one, but the Broncos tied it. But then the Eagles immediately take another 10-point lead before the half. So they just kept answering. Um, 
the uh, yeah, the nice kicking from Elliott too. He made all of them, and they didn't get much from Denver all the way. I mean, Denver didn't put up many stats to to speak of. No, I mean this was a. Listen, I always shit on the Eagles. This was a good Eagles game. This is a good game for the Eagles, and in that, it was not impressive. You know, there was no part of this game. I, I the one thing I will say, Devonta Smith is we named him an elite prospect. Watching him this year, I am one hundred percent behind that endorsement. The dude is a fucking elite right. player, and worries me as he gets better and better, and Philly does start to add more talent around him. He's going to be considered one of the top ten wide receivers in the league. So that's kind of scary. Jalen Hurts, once again, I don't know if he's your future going forward. I mean, he is an interesting player. He's a guy that can rush the ball. He's a guy that is, once again, pesky. I'm using the word pesky a lot today. Um, But this Broncos team also, it it felt like from the second half on, they're like, yeah, what are we doing here? Like, Eagles really want this win, and we don't seem to want it quite as much. And the second half was a real drop-off in terms of effort from the Denver Broncos. And, I mean, that Teddy Bridgewater after that pick where he just fucking lackadaisically, you know, went after the guy and, like, didn't even try to tackle. uh, (laughs) Didn't even try to tackle him when he was coming back with the end zone or coming back with the the fucking... The Slayton one, yeah. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. And uh, it was interesting because they're like, you know, well, we talked to Teddy and, uh, you know, he's got to give better effort. But then Teddy in the press conferences is as monotone as Teddy Bridgewater always fucking is. It's just like, well, that's the fucking guy you got. You know, no one in Denver is like the quarterback situation is settled. We got Teddy Bridgewater. It's just that Drew Locke must be really, really bad (laughs) that nobody even wants to be like, no, we got to give that young kid a shot. Like they're still going to Teddy Bridgewater. Like the verdict is in. Teddy's not the guy. But at five and five, what are you doing? But it's obvious, too, if you're Denver, you can't go get another quarterback in the draft because you can't draft quarterbacks in Denver. Do your free agency stuff. That's where you've been successful. There'll be some guys, somebody available to to retread after the season. Um, I don't think it'll be pay, a Peyton Manning type again, but you know, yeah. sometimes you get lucky, Denver. Uh, um, Aaron Rodgers may be available. We'll see. Oh my God! Yes. Oh my God! It will be, won't it? Aaron Rodgers back to Denver. Um, we talked about it for a bit in the off season, and now here we are. Yeah. No, but the Eagles win this, uh, and you got to give them the credit for that on the road. Um, yeah, it's an AFC one, but uh, the NFC is such a mess there at the bottom. Uh, they can make an argument that they're still alive there. Uh, they go, well, they get the Saints at home this week. So it's New Orleans Saints at Philadelphia Eagles. Now that game kind of seems a little interesting because the Eagles looked good there. Uh, what yeah. do you think, Dan? Well, I mean, I'm asking Dan. But... <laughs> why, are you, why are you asking? Why do you even ask me this? Uh, obviously, I'm going <laughs> yeah. with the Saints. Um, it's the pesky Saints versus the pesky Eagles. I would not be shocked to see the Eagles win this one, go to five and six, and at five and six, they are well inside the competition yes. for wild card in the NFC. A loss here to the Saints really, really hurts them, and to me, kind of ends their season because then you're you're basically losing to another NFC team. You're not going to get the NFC East. You're losing to another NFC team that is. What? They're not going to get the NFC East. They're four games back. No, the they're not going to get the NFC East. You're right. You're looking at my face because I went, but I, what I did was I pulled up their schedule. If oh. they lose here to the Eagles, yeah. or the Eagles, excuse me, the Saints, it doesn't really matter. Their schedule is pretty cakewalk for the last six weeks. It is, but they got to they got to play the Cowboys. And the issue is- They do. 
<laughs> that's right, going to go be ahead. a loss you first. Him. The issue is going to be if the Saints go six and four and the Eagles go four and seven. Yeah, that means that the Saints have a two and a half game lead with a direct head to head in a wild card race. Now we're still kind of picking Tampa Bay, I think, to to win that division, maybe. Um, but it, when you start losing those games to conference opponents that you're going to be looking for tiebreakers for, that's problematic. Now, if the Eagles win this game, I would say they are, like I said, right in the throes of that uh, that wild card because no one's running away with the wild card in the NFC right now. There's like eight teams uh, within the sixth or seventh seed. Yeah. I just want to say, though, it's so when after the Saints game, it comes down to they have both games against the Giants left, both games against Washington left, a game against the Jets, and then that Cowboys game is the very last game of the season where you think Cowboys are playing any starters when they have a sewn-up division by then? Only if they're playing for the first seed, my friend. So we'll see. Like, they could very well be resting people January 9th. So the Eagles... All they got to do is win divisional games, and they're going to be, you're right, a wild card team. But it's going to come down to Washington and the Giants and who picks on who and who gets hot when because there's so much of that left in the NFC East. To win win the, I would say to win a wild card, you've got to go 9-8 and minimum. You've got to go nine and eight. I don't think anybody's going to make it into the playoffs with a for sub five hundred record. Yes, it, I think I agree. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we'll see because so you're right; it's a whole new extra yeah. week. So that being said, you can't lose if you lose to the Saints. You can only lose one more game for the rest of the season to really be in it, and that's tough because even though we don't love the Giants, even though the Redskins had a huge loss this weekend from a, a preeminent talent on their defensive line, which we'll talk about. Even though all that shit happens, it's still divisional games, and you're probably going to lose one because yeah, that's just the way it fucking there goes. On the road, yeah. So it if they lose, if they win against the Saints, I I can't. I'm not. I haven't tombstoned the Eagles yet, and I won't. Uh, but if they lose the Saints, I'm going to give them a tombstone. Okay, and that's what we're both picking. The Denver Broncos, on the other hand, they go on a bye week. It's only a two-team bye week this week, so we'll have some more games next week to discuss. Uh, the next game this week I would like to move on to is Washington's big win. Oh, boy, Dan, all the NFC East wins right up here at the top. But right, this was I a know. big win for Washington, beating Tampa Bay 29-19. Taylor Heineke getting choked up in his press conference afterwards. The kid... Came back after the, the the tough loss in the playoffs, you know, the one that mattered more last year. But they get a little redemption in this one. So, hey, to the football team. I don't I don't dislike Taylor Heineke. You know, I, I really hope he makes a lot of money as a backup somewhere else next year. And, yeah. you know, Washington's right back in the, you know, the quarterback carousel that is the first round. Um but this was a good, this was a well-played game. This really was kind of a trap game for Tampa Bay, who can't afford any more trap games for the rest <laughs> of the year because they seem to get caught up by this shit. Um, yeah. Washington's still 3-6. and six. I, they've, they've got a full tombstone sitting on them, even after this Tampa Bay game. I can't see them coming back from 3-6 and six and turning this into a season. Well, and because, too, they got some super bad news that Chase Young tore his ACL in this one. Yeah. Just you can't play games on that fucking field anymore there. No. Uh, FedEx field is the – it might be the worst. I, it might uh, rank above Soldier Field in my mind now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's this is an embarrassing franchise, and the thing that is nice is now that Chase Young is injured, and you know me, even against my rival teams, I never root for injuries, and I really do think Chase Young is a spectacular talent. Mm-hmm. But now I can just watch the Washington football team fall into disarray and go, ah, yes, it feels good. <laughs> it, you know, I'm not even watching like great talents fall off. Obviously, Montez Sweat, Montez Sweat's still out, right? Uh, Montez yeah. Sweat's having issues. Like that whole D line, which is a really talented D line, having issues. So this is a hollowed out Washington team with no real plan for the future. Can't wait for this team to lose 14 fucking games. Something happened to Sweat this week. I texted you. Now I forget what it was, but we got to give them credit for this one before we move on and just throw them off to the side. They win a big one at home True. against a, the defending champs. They pick off Brady twice in the first quarter. And imme- I mean, so it was 13 to nothing, Washington, which I think they came out and said it was like their biggest lead all season. So yeah. th- that feels good. The crowd's behind them. Washington fought back in this one because it was mid third, 13 to 16. So it, they could have easily folded up there and lost, but they, they extended it. They answered with a nice touchdown. And then super impressive that last drive, which took over 10 minutes, like 19-some plays, never gave the ball back to Brady. I mean, that's how you beat the Buccaneers, and God dang, they, they played it perfectly there at the end. Yeah. A 10-minute a drive to, to end the game does two things. It goes, well, even if you score, your defense has to go back on the field after having been on the field for 10 fucking minutes. The game is over. Um, and the fact that after that, it was a, you know, it was a 29 full, seconds. Yeah, it was 29. It was 29 it and 19. It's not going to yeah, happen. two-point conversion, yeah. But even even if they had just scored a, a field goal, you know, even right. if they just scored a field goal, I think this game, no one on Tampa Bay is going, yeah, we got this fucking thing. The defense is gassed. The offense is like, why are we fighting so hard against a fucking meaningless Washington team? When they they had the opportunity to, it was fourth and goal. I mean, it was at the two or whatever, and they ended up running it with Gibson because, yeah, you're right. If they don't get it, it's still, it was still a third, oh, uh, 20, 19 to 20, 24 yeah. game or whatever, 23. 19 to 26. Yeah, 23. If they had oh, gotten yeah, it, it would have been 19 to 26. So it would have been a seven point no, game. No, because they got the touchdown. Yeah, but they. 23. They, yeah, but they tried. I'm to saying get it. fourth and goal. They went. They ran it. If they didn't mm-hmm. get it in on fourth and goal, nineteen to twenty three in Tampa True. would have had to gone ninety nine. Yeah, with yeah, under a minute, uh, with under a minute left. So it wasn't going to happen either way. But they get in the touchdown. They celebrate it up. And hey, Washington, like we said, it's probably not going to mean much. But you're 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 putting that thorn in the Buccaneers' side, and that's going to piss them off for a little bit here. The Buccaneers are playing Monday night at home, and they got the Giants coming in now. Giants off a bye. Giants <laughs> trying to get healthy. Um, we're trying to get Saquon back on the field. Everybody would love to at least watch this guy play. I know that. I know you're not a Giants fan, Dan, but Saquon, man. Well, it, so but here's the thing. I am a Saquon fan. I am a Saquon yes. fan. Yes, I love are. Saquon. Talent, look at those thighs. We've talked about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't want to see Saquon for the rest of the year. Because at this point, why? Why are we putting Saquon out there? What are the Giants going to do? Are are we thinking that the Giants have a fucking chance at the division or a wild card? I would week. say no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it <laughs> three it doesn't six, make any fucking sense. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't I don't want to see him again. I want them to bubble wrap Saquon, you know, have him just ride a bike on the sideline for the rest of the season. It's pointless to put him out there. It's pointless to put him through this shit. And I think the nice thing is 
I don't know if I tombstone the Giants, but yeah, tombstone the fucking Giants, uh, even if they win against Tampa Bay. And if Tampa Bay loses to the fucking Giants and the Washington football team back-to-back, I can't pick mm-hmm. them to win the South anymore. Ooh, okay. All right. Well, Tampa's got to wake up. You're not picking that, though, I'm assuming. No, I'm picking Tampa Bay. He's firing <laughs> Tampa cannons, with a little bit folks. of time. Yeah, well, fire the cannons right into the heart <laughs> of the New York football giants. There you go. Um, I'm going to take them as well, obviously. I like uh, Tampa Bay to bounce back. They can't let this happen again. Um, so let's continue on. Let's talk about a uh, – this was a blowout, but it was a little bit of a surprise. Carolina Panthers beating up on the Arizona Cardinals 34-10. to Now, uh, the uh, Arizona Cardinals were without Kyler Murray, but Panthers were without Sam Darnold. So, mm-hmm. hey, there's that. Uh, both play with backup QBs. Um, Cardinals were also without Hopkins again, I believe, right? Yeah, without uh, without Nuke and without uh, what's-his-nuts. But uh, we brought it up. The Carolina Panthers have Cam Newton back. and Cam Newton runs in a touchdown and throws one in. His his first one was the Russian touchdown. He's screaming, I'm back. They're up 7 to nothing, and then, boom, they're up 23 to nothing by the half. So Cardinals... We're not ready to play this one. No, it, the Cardinals weren't ready to play this one for two reasons, I think. Uh, one, without Kyler Murray and your best offensive options, Colt McCoy coming out, it's it's tough. I mean, Colt had a tough game, but he's also the fucking backup. He's, he's not supposed to be in these sorts of things. And secondly, think about that energy boost your team is getting when Cam scores two touchdowns. Yeah. When Cam scores two touchdowns, that team is fucking incensed. And say what you will about Cam's declining ability, because it's obviously declining, the dude's energy is still good. And enough players on this team remember him as a leader that when he scores those two big touchdowns, that's fucking vim and vigor, man. They are ready to fucking go. Um, and you could watch it the whole rest of the game. Like, you know, he's the one that put him on the board. 14 to nothing because of Cam Newton. Obviously, he didn't play the rest of the game as the starter, but that was really fun. It was really fun to watch. And P.J. Walker... You know, I don't think P.J. Walker's like, yeah, I'm going to be the starter long-term. Cam's going to take over for him uh, once he gets the playbook down. Yeah, that's what they seem to be saying, is that it's gonna it's leading towards Cam doing it. So that's I was surprising to me, given that it, it almost felt like when I saw Cam in this game at the goal line, I was like, oh, I get it. He's like a little tricky guy. Yeah, give him the ball. He could run it. He could throw it in. You're not asking him to lead a team down the, the field. But now they're like, oh, no, that's the plan. So I'm excited to see that. Obviously, see if that works. P.J. Walker, though, you brought him up, man. Now he is 7-0 and as a professional QB. <laughs> <laughs> must must be nice, P.J., must be nice. I mean... A little bit of that XFL roughnecks maybe yeah. was mixed in that record. It's, it's going to be a funny fucking stat line if he keeps winning every one of his starts for like the next 10 years. If he has a Josh Johnson-type career and we're like, uh, P.J. Walker undefeated as a starter at the age of 36. <laughs> every time it gets a chance. Um, but it was also great to see Christian one- McCaffrey be Christian McCaffrey and do Christian McCaffrey yes. things. It's been a long time since he's had a full game like this. You look great. 161 from the scrimmage and 10 catches in this one, too. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey finally, like, fully back, and they were using him. And the thing is, is he's their entire offense, and it's obvious. Yeah. But uh, when they can mix him in and get other people running, too, uh, Chuba Hubbard had another touchdown in there as well. Like, that works out. And they they kicked it well, too. Gonzalez made all his kicks. So, yeah. Um, 
It was a Cardinals team, though, that never got in it. I mean, it was 31-3 to heading into the fourth. Uh, Streveler played some, if I'm yeah. even pronouncing his name again. That's a, You'd never want to see Chris Streveler in a game, whether you're a football fan or – I mean, unless you're his, his mom. I don't, I don't think you want to see it. I think even she's like, what the fuck is Chris doing in there? <laughs> what the fuck? Get him out of there. What is he doing? Don't hurt Chris, my baby. I, kn- I know the Cardinals already have eight wins, but we we need this. It's at home. So they fall. They are eight and two. Uh, Panthers five and five uh, with a healthy um, Christian McCaffrey, Dan. Are the Carolina Panthers, could they get in on the NFC? They're in the mix. I mean, they started out three and zero. That's never a bad thing when you start out three and zero. It certainly does help. Um, but yeah, I think with a with a healthy Christian McCaffrey, with a Cam Newton being utilized by a better head coach, uh, well, not a better head coach than Bill Belichick. That's insane. But a coach that's like, listen, I let's just capitalize on the. <laughs> the fucking like nostalgia of Cam Newton and use another starter in the meantime. It, so if he's going the way of the gadget QB, I think this could be a very fun end of season run for Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him out of it. Okay. Yeah. Right now, I guess the season ended today. They're like the last wild card spot for the NFC, Yeah. but uh, it's very mixed up there. I mean, they have a half game. They're a half game behind the saints and a half game ahead of the Falcons. Ooh boy, uh, let's get yeah, uh, let's get excited here for the NFC South mess that's coming to a, uh, the the downslope of the season. They Panthers, excuse me, they the Panthers get the Washington Football Team uh, coming to their hood in Carolina. So it's Washington at Panthers. Does Newton get the start? Uh, sounding like it, maybe we'll see. Maybe it's a little mix of them both again. But either way, who do you like, Dan? I mean, I like the return of Riverboat Ron. Um, yeah. I think oh, that's, that's right. This is the Riverboat Ron. Uh, yeah. Riverboat Ron returns. Revenge. Riverboat Ron revenge <laughs> return. Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron revenge return. Uh, yes. Can we get any more R's in there? But, we love uh, our alliteration. Yeah. Uh, Riverboat Ron returns for revenge with the Reds. <laughs> so we got to censor that last word. But yeah, there's a lot of R's in there. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think this is probably a Carolina win. Carolina's got some skin in the game now. Uh, I think if you're the Washington football team, you feel really good about that last win, but you're not going anywhere and your defense is banged up. I think this is a Carolina win. I just think Carolina's got more talent right now, um, especially with McCaffrey playing yeah, as good as he is. Like You can just kind of run offense through him and the defense can uh, step in front of a couple of those mistakes that uh, Heineke makes a, a game. So, yeah, does he have another flawless game like he did at home against the Buccaneers team? Probably not, and Panthers will take credit for that. Let's move on, and let's talk about uh, oh my favorite game from Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings beating the L.A. Chargers 27-20. to Dan, you and me, we didn't pick it, we but didn't. you know who did? Your my mom. mom. Yeah, she's going to give the Vikings that credit, and they got it. Um, this was a uh, – well, Dalvin Cook came out and played his game. He got a touchdown over 18 yards from from scrimmage, but god dang, Justin Jefferson. 
there were points oh, yeah. where it was just whenever the guy's one-on-one, I'm going to throw it up to him. And he was coming down with it, and it was amazing. Uh, to a point where late in the game when the Vikings needed it, they had to like just re-watch the, the catch for five or six minutes just <laughs> to admire it. Just to admire the thing. Um, also, what? so what does this tell us? The wrong Justin won. The wrong Justin won the M, the rookie of the year last year. It wasn't Herbert here with his touchdown and interception uh, for the for the week. No, sir. It was the 143 yards Justin Jefferson. I'm sorry. I didn't hear the name C.D. Lamb in there, so I don't know <laughs> if we're having the right conversation. The wrong uh, Justin yeah. won. <laughs> the wrong Justin. That's fair. So I, I will say this. The Chargers are in free fall. <laughs> the Chargers have got to get yeah. this thing fucking corrected man it's it's bad um that being said i had mentioned last week that i'm like i'm kind of putting the minnesota vikings in this thing uh you know they're in the run-up for the nfc's you know nfc wild card and games like this games where kirk cousins has a very kirk cousinsy game uh probably more yards than a normal kirk cousins game dalvin doing what dalvin's doing and your wide receiver core being as good as it is like these are the sort of games he needs where he's spreading the targets out and feeding the hot hand. Thielen's going to have a couple games where he's getting nine receptions. Jefferson's going to have some 10-plus reception games. And you've got to get you've got to get your third wide receivers involved a little bit more. I mean, it was a very light targeting to any other wide receivers with basically tight ends, running backs, and Jefferson and Thielen. You've got to start involving, you know, Osborne and, you know, some of the other wide receiver options. I would agree with you there. Yeah, Tyler Conklin gets two touchdowns. His his first multi-touchdown game in this one, which good for him, but then it just makes me like wilt with uh, sadness when I think, oh man, if we had you know Irv Smith out there oh, all year, this this the talent that that guy has bottled up, and he just oh yeah, well we can't see any of it this year. He's injured, so yeah, I'm yeah to see him out next year. We'll see what happens, but. Uh, what was different this week than all of those other overtime losses and choke away wins is the uh, offense didn't disappear in the second half. Yeah. There was a couple of drives where they had some big third down conversions uh, where they were so bad on third and longs before and other third downs that, you know, they, they got a little bit better in this one. Um, I agree with you. There isn't a lot outside of Cook, Th- Thielen, and Jefferson on this offense right now. So, they got to figure that out too because they're getting and they're getting some time. Um, we put our uh, we put Bradbury on a COVID list and uh, Mason Cole stepped in at center. He's doing a much better job. Yeah, that's a that's a first round draft pick. They were like, oh, you know, well, if you're still coughing, just you know, <laughs> write it out, buddy, write it out. <laughs> um, well, replaced but, by uh, a Michigan man, so <laughs> right. But yeah, the Chargers uh, made the mistakes. The Vikings took advantage of it. Um, they got the ball with a touchdown lead and didn't give it back. Uh, there's a, they kept shooting themselves in the foot though. There was, you know, offensive holdings and things and make it a, a long first and 25 that they have to convert. And then third and 20 and there's Jeffers or there's Thielen for 18 of those. And now all of a sudden we got a decision on fourth and two. Do you kick a 50 yard field goal or, or do you try for this just to see if you can run the clock out? They tried for it, which I was hoping they would, they get it. And, yeah, that was just a, a relief off the shoulders. And, oh, oh man, yeah. I get to enjoy a Monday. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Must be nice. You've had four good Mondays. Um, That's I, right. I, to your point, the the offense not completely disappearing, more specifically the offense putting a boot on a throat um, mm. with a three-point lead uh, 
near the end. That's, I mean, we talked about a 10-minute drive. That's a seven-minute drive to effectively ice the game. Because once again, yeah. even though the the Chargers wound up scoring a field goal, you could feel that team, the air was out of the Chargers as soon as that last drive basically cut the fourth quarter in half. Time of possession has been such shit for the Vikings in that defense, and when you can finally start stringing together some first downs, you see how better everybody else looks. Um, all right, well, let's continue on. Let's talk about the tie. Let's talk about how the Detroit Lions are not going to go 0-17. Nobody will go 0-17 year one, folks. 16-all, we'll call it, in Pittsburgh. This one, um, I mean, there was freezing rain in the second half. It looked really miserable to be out there, um, not only to be on these teams, but to be out there to play the game. Uh, I know who you're, where, where Dan's going to take a dump, so I'll let you take it, Dan. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about Mason Rudolph. Uh, oh, no, I'm of sorry. course I don't. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. No one gives a fuck about Mason Rudolph, who, by the way, threw the shit out of the ball and was entirely unproductive. Mason <laughs> Rudolph threw the ball 50 times, had less than 250 yards passing. That's actually kind of <laughs> disgusting. That is incredibly inefficient, Mason. Got to do a better job. Uh, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about Jared Goff throwing for less than 150 yards. Sorry, my apologies. Less than 120 yards in five <laughs> quarters. In a game and a quarter, this dude could not produce even 200 yards of passing. Fucking brutal. Now, DeAndre Swift had a hell of a game. Had a hell of a game. Yeah. But he was facing eight-man boxes for the entire fucking day because nobody, everybody knew Jared Goff wasn't going to do shit. Wasn't going to do shit. Jared Goff is an embarrassment. <laughs> there is no fucking reason to keep wheeling this corpse out there every week. Like, I don't know what Dan Campbell's doing. Anybody, literally anybody, is a better option for you at the quarterback position than Jared Goff. Just cut the motherfucker loose. He is done. He is, what, six years into the league? He's six years in. A, this yeah. is him. Yeah. This is who First he is. First overall pick. Have we ever seen that? Have we ever seen a very... Oh, yeah, wait, Jamarcus Russell, right? Wasn't he first? Yeah, Jamarcus <laughs> Russell. <laughs> I mean, he's the one yeah, that pops never mind. in the head. Yeah, we've seen it. Um, but, no, yeah, the, this is embarrassing. You're right, it is. And it's, you know, sunk cost fallacy, I think, of uh, you just traded for him, too, and you gave up your uh, guy who's in a race for MVP on, on the other side of the coast. You didn't trade for Jared Goff. You got Jared Goff in a trade for some first-round picks. You know, in in my mind, that's what happened. Nobody's looking okay. at Jared Goff going, oh, that's the centerpiece of this trade. True, and be- true. And because of that, you can just cut bait. You can just cut bait. You don't owe him anything else. Just fucking move on. You don't even have to cut him from the team. But just there's nothing that your team is going to do. Clearly, your team is not responding to him as a leader, right? They're not responding well, to him a- as a leader. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. There was a point in this game where... Uh, the announcers were going like, well, you've got so-and-so's backups and they played some snaps and yeah, if he, if he can't throw the ball, like it felt weird. And then I thought in, in late in the game, like they took it out of his hands. It was like, it didn't really matter if we needed to, to throw it. We're going to be running these as much as we can. Like Swift ran it 33 times. So it was surprising. It was like, why is he hurt or do they just don't trust him or what's going on out there? But you're right. They took it out of Goff's hand. Well, they say he strained his oblique during the game, which even if you strain your oblique, 
get the fuck out of the game. If you know you can't throw the motherfucker, but he also can't throw, he can't diagnose defenses, he can't run with any sort of alacrity, there's no reason to have him out there. If this is a guy that's like, man, I got this defense dialed in, I know I can't throw, like, you know, late career Drew Brees, where it's like, hey, I know I can't throw this fucking thing, but I I know what defense they're in, and I think I can probably muscle this for six yards. But there was none of that. This guy, there is nothing to this fucking guy. He is a man with a paper ass. There is nothing (laughs) to Jared Goff. Get him the fuck out of the league. I don't understand what's taking so long. Neither team wanted to win this at the end. The uh, Lions did take a six-point lead in the third that the – Steelers picked away at and kicked a 51-yard field goal to tie it. Uh, and then in overtime, Deontay Johnson fumbles when the Steelers have it about the 40. The Lions miss a 48-yard field goal. And then uh, Deontay Johnson gets it right about back next to the 40. And then the next play is a fumble for the Steelers. Nothing, yeah, it didn't seem like either team really wanted to win this one. So that's how it ended in the tie. Um, it's baby steps, Detroit baby steps i will tell you this ryan santoso i would not be shocked if he's cut the lions kicker because he cost them this win that's four points that's four points boswell was automatic santoso cost this team four points you can't there was another that kicker this week that cost uh a win it wasn't saints right who was the guy that missed like two extra points was it saints uh maybe i gotta look i gotta do uh, I just I for me worst kicking performance of the week was Detroit. I mean, you know that this I is a run heavy points. game. Yeah, you know, yeah. Somebody missed a couple extra points and they were dealing with it at the end. We'll see. Um, well, it leads me to just one more game here to talk about before the break. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to L.A. That's the Sunday night football game. L.A. Chargers. L.A. Chargers get another home game and it's the, versus the Steelers. Can they bounce back? Dan, what do you think? I, The funny thing is, I want to pick the Steelers, but I just for the sake of the Chargers, I'm going to pick the Chargers. You've got to win this fucking thing. You just have to. Um, I, I This is going to sound awful because they're still very much in the throw of things. They are the seventh seed in the AFC right now. If the Chargers lose this game, that's a tombstone. Yeah. It's kind of the same degree what we were talking about with the <laughs> with the Eagles, you lose to another team that's right in the heat of your fucking, you know, wild card battle. That's not going to hold up, buddy. Uh, you're going to have to get this done. So I think the Chargers wind up winning this game at home. Doesn't mean as much for the Steelers to lose as it would for the Chargers to lose. Steelers stringing together a couple of wins here and Chargers dropping a few. You're right. It's it's mucking up that uh, AFC and who's actually at the top and who's stringing stringing us along so uh this is a big game between the both of them um i just thought the steelers looked awful in that one and i'm like well ben roethlisberger will probably be back because it was a covid thing right and he's vaccinated so it's just a week but oh do i really think ben roethlisberger makes that much of a difference no so i guess i'm going chargers i'll think chargers bounce back here at home and get it taken care of but yeah they they didn't impress me as much either watching that entire game but (laughs) <laughs> they look better than the Steelers uh, not getting it done against the winless Lions at home, so I'll take Chargers too. Let's take a break. And when we return, two minute no offense, we shoved a bunch in there. Sorry, Dan, one of those is your Cowboys. Oh, that's okay. I'm sure we'll, yeah, I'm sure we'll still be talking about it. So let us be back after this break, and let's get to it. This is the push-off. 
If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 but a bitch ain't one. I got the rap patrol on the cat patrol. Foes that want to make sure my cask is closed. Rap critics to say he's money cash holes. I'm from the hood, stupid. What type of facts are those? If you grew up with holes in your zapper toes, you celebrate the minute you was having dough. I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. Got beef with radio, if I don't play they show. They don't play right, my head. We've returned, and it's time to roll out uh, the quickest way to get through the highlights that is offered up in any NFL podcast. It's the two-minute, no offense. Because no offense, but if you find yourself in this section of the program, your team might be fucking fantastic. In fact, maybe the greatest football team I've seen since this same football team in 2016. I'm ready to go. (laughs) All right, all right, I'm ready to go too. That means you got that clock going? Turbo go. And we're going to start in New York where the Bills kicked the Jets but 45 to 17. Josh Allen 366 yards, 162 to Diggs and uh, Mike Mike White threw four interceptions. Oh boy. I I love one of the old Bill Parcells uh, moments. Uh, maybe we could put away the anointing oils. Uh, Mike yeah. White is still Mike White, fifth-round pick out of Western Kentucky, so let's chill the fuck out. I think Zach Wilson will come back to a nice warm seat. Yeah, whoops. Joe Flacco even got in and threw a touchdown <laughs> late in that one just to not make it feel good, Mike. Um, let's continue on with the New England Patriots killing the Browns. 45-7, to dang. Mayfield, uh, touchdown and a pick in this one. He did leave the game earlier with a knee contusion, but... I also feel like if this game was closer, he might have stayed in because he seems like he'll be back next week. But it wasn't with Mac Jones, three touchdowns, born 141 yards. Stevenson got in the end zone twice, the rookie. All Patriots. Even Brian Hoyer got him in this game. That's how fucking bad it was that they were like, hey, let's pull the rookie, a guy that needs more reps. You're like, no, 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 Dang. not these reps. Get him the fuck out of there. Yeah, I told you, Bill Belichick hates the Browns. Patriots, five sacks. Uh, the Chiefs beat up on the Raiders on Monday night in Vegas. We didn't pick this, but my mom did. 41-14. to 14. Mahomes is back over 400 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, this did look like a classic Mahomes. Like, once again, this is... The Raiders are kind of in free fall this season. I hope they'd stick it out, but yeah, this feels really bad. And to watch Mahomes kind of emerge from the chrysalis that he's been in all this year uh, against these Raiders. The Raiders have got to feel even worse uh, watching Kansas City do them on their home field. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I feel way better about the Chiefs with this game. You needed that. It was it was at home. You can't do it. And then finally, oh. Cowboys beating up on the Falcons 43-3? God dang, Dan. Yeah, and it wasn't even that close, honestly. <laughs> like, this this was 43-3, to and it was just an absolute throat-fucking but we got a Josh Rosen sighting, uh, yeah. and he threw a pick. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, th- this Cowboys defense, this Cowboys offense and this Cowboys defense was like, oh, right, you want to see what we do to middling teams because we let one get in here and get a win on us last week. This is what we do to middling teams. This is what I wanted to see from the Cowboys. Answer the fucking bell against a team you should beat and beat the shit out of them at home, which is exactly what they did. Couldn't ask for more. You're right. It was 36 to 3 at the half. Two touchdowns, Lamb. Two touchdowns, Elliot. Two interceptions, Ryan. Or did we have any more time on this clock? No, we were all done. All right, all right. That's completed right there. 
Uh, yeah, shoved through four games there, but uh, hey, let's spend some time discussing next week. Here's a string of uh, real good games we got coming up. I want to start with the beginning of the week. That is the New England Patriots going to Atlanta. This is our Thursday night game this week. Patriots at Falcons for Thursday night. Uh, we haven't talked about this last week's Thursday night game yet, Dan, but yeah. oh, it was a little bit of a mess. Is I think an argument to maybe get rid of Thursday night football, but what do we see here? Let's first talk about uh, Patriots at Atlanta. Defense travels. You know, that's the one thing that's nice is the defense travels. These Patriots are a pretty well-oiled machine right now, and the Falcons just got their dick kicked in. If the Falcons go ahead and, you know, keep that monkey butt raw for the rest of this (laughs) week, the Patriots are going to come in here and roll them. Um, I feel like the Patriots are a more talented team. The Falcons, once again, if they win this game, they're back in it you know, into the mix, but if they lose this fucking thing, even to a non-conference opponent, it feels like a free fall for them after a promising start um, or a, a promising rebound. I'm going to pick the Patriots. I'm not feeling super confident about it because it is the Falcons at home uh, on a short week, but I just, I like the Patriots. I like the defense way better. And I think Mac Jones isn't making mistakes. Right. I mean, we saw Dolphins win at home on a short week and it's like, okay, it's a bad teams on these Thursday night games. and Anything can happen. So, yeah, I would stay away from it if you want to put money down, but the smart choice is the Patriots here, right? I mean, they, they look red hot. They're only getting better. Coaching makes is is on the side of the Patriots, so I like the Patriots continuing the success just on a short week. They'll be coached up. They'll be ready to go. Your Dallas Cowboys hit the road. They go to the all-of-a-sudden red-hot Kansas City Chiefs. The, t- the the first in the division of the West because everybody else is collapsing uh, Chiefs? Are the Chiefs back? Did they play a collapsing Raiders team that just can't go deep? What What's going to happen, Dan? I think they are back. Um, I think they did play a Chiefs, or they did play a Raiders team that was not collapsing, but rudderless. Because um, mm. I think that's a little different. You know, a collapsing team, you're not going to get that back. Rudderless, you need somebody to grab the, grab the helm and, and steer it. Um, obviously I'm picking Cowboys in this game. I know we're, I know they're going to the chiefs, but the Cowboys just fucked up these Atlanta Falcons. They look angry and they look fucking good. I don't think the chiefs defense can hang with this Cowboys offense. And this Cowboys defense is causing problems. We're getting turnovers, which Mahomes has been prone to this year. So unless Pat Mahomes has a perfect Pat Mahomes game, I feel like this is a pretty good Cowboys win. Um, I mean, after this last week, I, I know we talked about uh, halfway through the year, and I was saying, you know, I don't have Cowboys as a top-five team, but you know, Buccaneers lose, Rams lose, Cardinals lose. Uh, all of a sudden, Cowboys are a top-five team in my head, given what's been happening. So look out now. But you're right, they're getting the Kansas City Chiefs red hot now, it seems. Kansas City feeling good about themselves and knowing, oh, yeah, we can do this. This this is what we do. So it becomes a very exciting game this week. Um I think the uh, Chiefs are set up here for, dang, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs at home because okay. I think it's a coin flip game, Dan. And we didn't pick anything different last week. <laughs> That's true. We really Let's give didn't. the people a little bit of excitement. I think the Cowboys have more talent, and I think they are set up as a better team at this point. Like, they are certainly playing better uh, throughout it. So it, it would be almost an upset, but I'm going to take a home Chiefs team feeling good 
and uh, Pat Mahomes playing like he just did. And that's I, the only way they, they're going to beat him. I wouldn't be shocked by a Chiefs win. I would be shocked if the Chiefs kicked the shit out of us, but I yeah. wouldn't be shocked by a Chiefs win. And, and that's what I'm trying to get at from you, too. I was like, of course he's going to pick the Cowboys, but how sure is he? <laughs> I, like I said, I feel like the matchup's pretty good. I mean, I like yeah. our secondary. I like how opportunistic we are. We got a pick from every one of my starting corners. I got a pick from my nickel. I got a pick from Diggs. I got a pick from Anthony Brown. I got a pick from everybody. I feel pretty yeah. good about our secondary right now. I would love if we would get some pass rush back. You know, if we could get Randy Gregory back. And that's the thing. We just did this without our two top pass rushers. Yes. So I feel okay. I feel pretty good. Nice. Um, all right. Uh, the Detroit Lions are still trying to get that first win. They didn't lose, but trying to get that first win, and they're going to go to Cleveland to, uh, in search of it. So uh, Lions at Browns, what do we think? I've made a decision. I am not going to pick the Lions to win until Jared Goff is no longer the fucking starter. I can't Fair. in good conscience continue to pick that fucking guy after a game like this. Won't do it. Now, if they put David Blau in, I'm going to pick the Lions this week to upset the Browns. But <laughs> okay. if Jared Goff if Jared Goff remains the starter, I'm going to go Browns. I I would assume he is um and it it that means it's a battle of first overall picks. Um uh, but uh, I like Mayfield too. Uh, however banged up he is, I think the Browns run it better i think hopefully they get a little bit healthier they're missing a lot of uh stars here they were missing um both chubb and hunt in that bad yeah. loss in new england and uh they'll need they'll need some some help back so but i expect them to take care of the winless lions and then the cincinnati Bengals are going to vegas to play the raiders this is an interesting one um Coin flip in my head, but this one I'm not going to just pick opposite you, Dan. I, I've got my team that I'm going to go with in this one. Who are you picking? I'm going to put it to you this way. The loser of this game gets tombstoned in the AFC. <laughs> we passing out tombstones next week. I'm passing out tombstones. There's a lot of tombstones coming out next week. I am saying this is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals with an extra week to prepare. Coming yeah. off a of bye week. Raiders coming off another bad loss after a bad stretch of weeks. The Bengals have got to win this fucking game, and I think it's going to knock the Raiders out of it. Yeah, and there was a point in this game where it was like, yeah, the Raiders just seem to be, like you said, rudderless. Like they, their offense couldn't figure out how to go, and it's, you know, well, Ruggs isn't taking the top off the thing. They get uh, Deshaun Jackson on that deep pass in this game, and then he immediately fumbles. Um, the Raiders are in trouble, and this is a tough matchup against a Bengals team that, that really needs it, and you're right, coming off a bye. So that's what gives me the hope that I think the Bengals have the edge here on the road against the Vegas Raiders. Maybe it's because Vegas has burned me so many times here lately. The last two weeks I've picked them and they lost. I'm not going to pick them again. I'm going to go Bengals here. I think the Bengals will take it. But it, rested, uh, this the is one of the Bengals. tightest games. Yes, the rested Bengals. This is one of the tightest games of the week, though, too. So Agreed. keep an eye out for that one. Uh, the, all right, let's go back on to now games from last week. I kept talking about, uh, Thursday night. Let's talk about it, uh, in full Miami Dolphins beat the Ravens 10 to 22. Yeah, this was a real shock. (laughs) Um, it's, it's been a long time since I'm almost like having a hard time remembering how bad this game was, but well, yeah, I mean, it's a Thursday one too. Yeah, it's tough to remember Thursday ones, but it was an ugly one. It was three to six Dolphins at the half, and then um, 
Brissette leaves, and first of all, Brissette gets the start, and Tua's standing on the sidelines as the backup. And then when Brissette actually gets hurt enough that he can't continue, it's well, then I guess Tua's got to come in, and Tua comes in and plays okay. But yeah, it's, he did. Again, the Dolphins and this weird, we're never going to actually give Tua the keys kind of attitude, I feel. Well, that's the thing. Brian Flores knows his job is on the line, and he knows the only way to get his job saved is to win some fucking games. And at 3-7, yeah. and seven, sorry, that's not going to be enough, Brian. I think you're toast. So I think right now Brian Flores is just trying to show people that, like, you know, I can... I can put a quality product on the field. I may not get another head coaching opportunity for a while, but bring me back as your defensive coordinator. I'm still a good leader of men. Um, and I don't think I don't think this Tua situation helps him sell that at all. Because if, if you are Brian Flores, you go, hey, I'm going to ride or die with the kid. Whatever the fuck happens, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on the defense. I'm going to let my coordinators work on Tua offensively, but I'm just going to focus on the defense. I'm going to leave Tua the fuck alone. Obviously, I haven't been able to help too much with his development, so I'm just going to step the fuck away. Um, Flores has got to move out of the way. It's got to be Tua. you got to figure out what the fuck he is. You know, kick the tires. You might wind up this whole season at, you know, four and fuck, what is it, 13? So, hmm. and that wouldn't be horrible. And then, then you have to make a decision, are we going back for a quarterback in the draft or do we use the copious amount of draft picks we got to, to make something happen. I, I think it'd be smart for them to stay with Tua at least one more year because this is not a good quarterback draft class. Yeah, I. it's tough in this one. I'm, I'm you know, as far as the game's considered, I was uh, super not impressed with the Ravens. Nope. I thought uh, that I, I you get started shocked in this one. You're like, well, this could happen at any time. Jackson could have a bad game and it shuts down to, entirely what the Ravens can do and 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 a bad team can take advantage of that like the Dolphins did Adrian Wilson had 119 total yards from scrimmage for the Dolphins um so this is possible the 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 Ravens uh look like they can be you know walk into the playoffs again and then yeah choke in one of these big time games so we'll see how this happens from here I do only other thing I want to bring up in this one was the uh, uh, Dolphins offensive lineman who gets a touchdown. They have to call it back because he was never counted as eligible. You're like, ah, oh, that sucks. You're taking away this kid, this guy's touchdown. But especially because um, he laid the fuck out for it. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice catch. Dolphins um, get the win. Tua gets uh, gets interviewed af- after the game as the hero, even though he wasn't offered to start the game. It's just really weird, like. How do you feel good about that win, even as a win, Dolphins? I don't know. Uh, you go on the road, and you got the Jets this week. So here's a divisional matchup of probably two of the worst teams in the league. What do you think, Dan? You know what I'm going to do? It's going to sound stupid. I'm going to pick the Jets to rebound. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Jets no, to win. No, it does not. Against the Dolphins. It doesn't it's sound a home stupid. game. Yeah, and I, once again, to your point, you got to either hand two of the keys or not. And, like, I will tell you one thing about Robert Sala. He's like, whoever the fucking quarterback is, here's the keys. I don't give a shit. Because Robert Sala is doing what Brian Flores should be doing, staying the fuck out of the offense. Let the offense do its thing. I'll worry about the defense. We'll see what we can do. By the way, Robert Sala's defense in New York is actually historically bad. Um, They are historically bad this year. Oh, no, statistically. They are historically bad. No team in history has given up that many 40-plus point games in a season. 
So yeah, already. Robert Sell is not doing well. The the uh, the Bills one, yeah, and Bills put up forty five, but a lot of that was in the second half. I mean, they put twenty one up in the in the third quarter, and that's kind of what it was. It was like I think the Jets' defense isn't that bad, but they get in these pear shaped games that they just kind of get tired and give up in because their offense never never keeps the ball four interceptions. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jets too. I looking at this one, it could be anybody. It's a mess of a game. You go with the home team in those, I think. I'll take the Jets to to beat the Dolphins because why not? <laughs> um, oh, but also Bal- both of these teams are tombstoned. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure we. Yeah, that's well aware that these these two teams have been dead for a while. The Baltimore Ravens are going to Chicago. Bears are coming off the bye. Ravens need to get right uh, in uh, on Soldier Field. What do you think? This is actually you know we talked about the. Bengals Raiders game being the most interesting game. This is right up there. Um, oh, okay. Because it really is. I mean, to your point, it is the Bears that are saying we had a whole week to prepare. We had a whole two weeks to prepare for these Raiders, these Ravens. Can we come out with a good game plan? And the Ravens are going, wow, we got embarrassed, but we got a little extra rest because we played on Thursday night. Maybe they were looking past the Dolphins. Maybe that was a trap game. But after you get beat like that, you don't look past the next guy. I'm going to pick the Ravens, who I still think are maybe the class of the AFC, um, you know, up there with Buffalo and Tennessee. I have to pick them even at Soldier Field. I think it's going to be a Ravens win. Yeah. Um, I like Ravens. I The Bears' offense are trying to do what Jackson does so well, what he makes looks effortless. And um, Field's getting better at it. He's getting slowly Yeah he's connecting that stuff and they're getting better drives and when they get better drives and that good bears defense doesn't get gassed so fast so could they make a problem for the ravens like you're saying yeah i could see it i'm not i think the ravens still take this one by at least a touchdown it won't be tighter than that i'll say but uh i i got the ravens winning it let's talk about the colts winning it this week they beat the jaguars in that divisional afc south matchup 17 to 23 we all picked it we all saw this coming but uh jaguars tried to come back in this one it was 20 to 9 at the half um in fact they made it 17 to 20 after the uh robinson touchdown arnold two-point conversion james robinson we love him he was held out last oh, yeah. the week prior he was held out half of this one so it's just like when he's not on the field that offense sputters uh unless you get it into um uh, who's the the amazing return guy that they got there on uh, uh, Jacksonville that keeps scoring long touchdowns? Now I'm blanking on his name. Oh, Jamal Agnew. Agnew, thank you. Yeah, and yeah. if it's not Agnew, just scoring like all on his own. James Robinson moves that ball down the field. Lawrence is still kind of going through some growing pains, and the Colts are taking advantage. Well, I think it's interesting. Do you remember who the the Jaguars had two first round picks this year? Do you remember who the second one was? Yeah, it was the other running back uh, <laughs> the uh, from running Clemson. Back, Travis Etienne. Yeah. Etienne, yeah. And it, you you look at a team that has James Robinson that goes out and gets Travis Etienne with a first-round pick, and you go, you know that could have been better spent somewhere fucking else. Because right. even if Travis Etienne is on this team, unless you were going to dangle James Robinson as trade bait, which you can't really get good trade bait for a fucking running back nowadays, I, I don't understand. There was another way they could have gone, and James Robinson, week after week after week, shows that he's probably the most talented player, at least offensively, 
on this entire Jacksonville team. That includes Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, and then the other side of the ball, Taylor. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is, oh. he's, now obviously, like, they're like, well, he needs a hundred and some to catch up with Derrick Henry. And it's like, didn't Derrick Henry been out for two weeks? What's going on? But <laughs> if anybody is going to catch him, I mean, anybody's going to catch him. Jonathan Taylor is going to catch him first because he won't be playing for a bit here. But Jonathan Taylor was just unstoppable. They And the, after a while, it was just Colts turning around and handing off. And Jaguars knew it was coming. They could do nothing to slow this guy down. We loved Jonathan Taylor coming out of Wisconsin because he was yeah. one of those rare running backs that was durable, ran the fucking thing all the time, and had that top-end breaking speed. Like, yeah. the sort of rare running back speed you don't see a lot from a guy who doesn't return kicks. Jonathan Taylor has a chance. I mean, Cooper Cup is going out of his mind, but Jonathan Taylor has a chance, if he keeps this up, to be the offensive player of the year. He is that yeah. good. He's been on that much of a tear. Uh, if they make the playoffs, it will be on the on the back of Jonathan Taylor. Love this dude. Love his potential. Um, and, you know, I'm not – I don't – dislike the Colts so I root for them they're kind of an AFC favorite of mine um but yeah this you can almost move on from Carson Wentz and not give the Eagles a first round pick please uh <laughs> if you just go like hey get get somebody else in there to hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor I'm sure it'll be fine I'm sure it's the same result yeah Colts are uh, wanting to be a discussion in that wild card spot for the AFC too and they could they got to keep winning though, and uh, they got an old, old AFC East matchup uh, before the realignment. Colts at Bills this week. Colts are going on the road to Buffalo. What do we think about this one? Uh, I think this is a Buffalo win it, only because it's at home. Buffalo is a really good team. No one's looking past this game. This isn't like a potential trap game for Buffalo. Buffalo is fully respecting. Um, what Frank Reich, another Buffalo legend, is capable of doing down there. Yeah. Um, so I I think this is going to wind up being a Buffalo win, but I would be, once again, I would actually be very surprised to see this be a, a throttling. I think this will be a good competitive game because um, the Colts have been in good competitive games for the past like five or six weeks. Colts have a good defense that keeps them tight within it. Buffalo always starts these games, it seems slow, and then all of a sudden like, oh yeah, we're going to score a bunch of touchdowns in the second half and put it out of reach so if anything that'll happen but i think i'm with you i think the colts keep this thing tight but I, buffalo at home i mean how do you not so i like the yeah. bills too and we got another game here to discuss let's talk about the monday nighter this week where the 49ers uh beat up in the bay of the la rams the uh, nfc south matchup or excuse me nfc west matchup 10 to 31 niners win it uh, Stafford two interceptions. Um, tried to tried to get back from those uh, early. It uh, it was tough too because the Niners took the twenty one to seven lead, uh, and then the Rams try an on a, a fake field goal that goes that just looked pathetic right before the half. So that's what it was twenty one to seven at the half, and then the Niners just keep extending it and and take care of this one easily. This game was actually over way earlier uh, yeah. <laughs> than even the half. When, because you got to remember, the 49ers came out and started this game. Started the game. This is like a Kyle Shanahan, like, master chess move of just being like, I'm going to script the first 20 plays. 
In fact, I'm going to script the first 20 plays, and we're going to have all 20 of them on the first drive. (laughs) It was an 11-minute first drive for the San Francisco 49ers. Way to fuck that defense up for the rest of the game. Out the gate, they're on the field for 11 minutes, more than two-thirds of the first quarter. And then, if you have a chance to catch your breath, if you're like, whew, okay, defensively I think we can fucking do this, all of a sudden you're down two scores because your offense throws a fucking interception. Now, luckily it gets you off the field for a little bit, but then they start at the second quarter with another eight-minute drive. At that point, it's over. At 21-7, to you could feel the will of the Rams break because they knew yeah. this. all they could do was maybe get another score or two, but that the 49ers were going to just run it down their throat for the rest of the game, and they really couldn't stop them, and the 49ers were just going to bleed them. Um, this was a really, really well-called game by Kyle Shanahan all the way through. And this seemed like a shocked Rams team about halfway through the first quarter, looking at all their stars going, can somebody do something? And no one answered the bell. I mean, I don't get what... I I guess I understand now that all of these coaches and these players and teams and stuff are listening to this podcast, and when I start in on like this, (laughs) oh, Kyle Shanahan, maybe it's moved past him. Maybe he isn't the genius we thought he was. He just gets it under his skin. He's like fuck you, Scott Hogan, fuck you, and I'm going to show you up. Because he sure did here this Monday night. I mean, I don't know what that was about, Kyle, but damn. Uh, A couple of super impressive just solo um, performances here. Jimmy Ward had two interceptions. Debo Samuel, two touchdowns and 133 yards from scrimmage, whether it was running it or throwing it, he can do it all. And then, of course, Cooper Cup, like you said, he's you know, still running away for offensive uh, player of the year. Eleven catches and 122 yards in this one. Um, yeah, uh, Odell. Who? It doesn't matter. We're still throwing it to Cooper. <laughs> and that's the way it should be. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo had the Jimmy Garoppoloist of all games. You know, threw for less than yeah. 200 yards. Somehow had two touchdowns, but only four balls hit the ground. <laughs> that's all you can really expect from a Jimmy Garoppolo-led team. Not explosive, but they ran the ball consistently. They How many fucking carries did they have? It was like 50 carries. It's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, Eli this Mitchell was, just, was their, the bell cow. Yeah, I mean, this was crazy. I mean, this, this was the game San Francisco wants to play offensively, start to finish. And defensively, you were getting everybody, you know, to your point, everybody playing balls out. Um, on this yeah. defense. Like, they needed this win bad. And Los Angeles, it almost felt like they walked in here and they are like, no, we can. I think we can get this done. I think we can beat this team. But throwing two interceptions straight out the gate for Matt Stafford, you can't keep doing these Matt Stafford-y things. You're supposed to be an improvement from Jared Goff. Uh, he's got to get it together. This is not – he's not playing good enough in this past stretch of games. Yeah, it, you're right. It, uh, it's another one of those Rams games where it just kind of felt like – we're good enough, this will turn around, and they didn't play with that urgency uh, on a road divisional game. Again, too, maybe we put the weight into this. Uh, The Rams are losing divisional games against teams that know them very well, and maybe that's just their kryptonite. As long as they can, you know, only play the Buccaneers and Packers in the playoffs, they'll go to the Super Bowl. You know, maybe that's all it is. Uh, got to wait and see, but... um, Every time one of these teams starts, like, I start thinking like, well, they're the, the class then. They have one of these these hiccups games, one of these trip-ups that goes, okay, well, there's nobody running away with it this year. 
we talked about <coughs> excuse me we talked about the buccaneers um kind of being slow in this and like you said they could not even they could lose this division if they drop one to the giants i think of last year and they didn't win the division of course but they they got hot at the end of the season because all of this like uh you know we're playing soft and stuff that uh the coach said so Anyway, any of these teams that are kind of hanging and meddling around there, all they need to do is be hot and healthy in the last uh, stretch here, and and that's enough to do it. Now, the Rams can still turn this around, absolutely. The, the Niners could. The Niners, if they play like this, heck yeah, you could get back into this. You're 4-5, and five, you're right there too. So we'll see. Obviously, you got this division you're in with uh, now a healthier Seattle Seahawks and a Cardinals team and stuff like that. Do they have left? I'm gonna pull them up just because I'm looking at it. Well, I can, Bengals, I can tell you. Vikes, Falcons, Seahawks. Yeah. The these Rams need to go into their bye week, lick their wounds. Yeah, Rams they, have a bye. They've got to come back from that bye week and go to Green Bay. Oh, oh all right, that'll be a fun one. If they lose to Green Bay, that means they will have lost three consecutive games over a month. It means they will not mm. have won a game in over a month. And all of a sudden, seven and four doesn't look so impressive. Now, then they'll have the Jacksonville Jaguars, so they'll get a win. But <laughs> then they got to go right back into their division. They got to face the Cardinals in Arizona. They already lost to them once. They got Seattle coming to town. We'll see if they've got. I've already tombstoned them, so I'm kind of picking that. Then they got to go to a Minnesota Vikings team that's going to be right in the throw of this. And then they got Baltimore and San Francisco to end out the year. It's a tough slate for this Rams mm-hmm. team. It's a yeah. tough slate. They look good for the wild card, but if they don't get it together, they could slide. Yep. And you know what? You're saying look good for the wild card. I mean, it was open there to take start taking that division back because the Cardinals lost, but they couldn't do it there. So you're right. They go on the bye. The Niners go to Jacksonville. They're playing mm-hmm. the Jaguars. So can the Niners keep this thing going? What do you think, Dan? I mean, everybody can beat the Jaguars, so <laughs> I feel pretty good about that. But, yeah, I mean, this – this is a suddenly, seems like a suddenly inspired team. If they're able to put together another offensive performance like this, Jacksonville will just be, you know, hands on their knees for the entire second half of that game. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to pick, obviously, San Fran going across the country to play the Jaguars. I think they will beat them. Um, if they don't, that puts them at 4-6. and six, Puts Even with a non-conference loss, that makes it really, really tough the rest of the way, and they've got a really rough schedule. Um, they've only got two gimmies with the Texans, um, and I guess, yeah, Texans and Jaguars for the rest of the way. Everybody else they're playing is in the throes of the playoffs. You don't have to tombstone everybody next week. I know you're I getting know. into this field now, but uh, it, we got an extra week. Who knows what wild stuff happens here, but so we'll have to wait and see. Um yeah, I, I, it's hard to take the Jaguars. Uh, it's hard to pick them, even at home, uh, especially in the Niners, to look that good off it. But I think that might be a little bit of fool's gold, too. I mean, uh, leading into this game, I was really questioning what the Niners were doing. And yep. uh, after focusing so much on this primetime win-in division, you could see, I could see a letdown going on the road and going all the way across the country there to the East Coast. So Jaguars, hey, come take one, you know? Come take one here. That's what I'm saying, but I, I don't think you will. I'm not going <laughs> to pick you to. Uh, but it's it's ripe for the taking if, if you can because, yeah, it's a noon start. Sure would help uh, the Vikings I'll, if they did. 
Oh, yeah. Hey, I'll take that too. So, yeah, big Jaguars fan uh, at noon on Sunday. Uh, let's talk about the last game we have from this week. I, I saved the shutout for the end. The Seattle Seahawks losing to the Packers 17 to nothing. Another reason why this one was left to the end is because it was three to nothing for the longest time until finally Packers like, all right, fine, we'll put this out of reach. Um, Russell Wilson, two interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, one interception. Both touchdowns came from A.J. Dillon on the ground. And this is the first time Russell Wilson has been shut out in his 150 career starts. Yeah, this game sucked. Um, <laughs> it really sucked. Like, no, it just sucked. Like, it wasn't a good game. It wasn't, like, yeah. super competitive. You want a Russell Wilson. Mistakes. Yeah, you want a Russell yeah. Wilson Aaron Rodgers game to be a little better than 3 nothing. I don't think Russell's 100%. I, I just don't. I don't know why they rushed him. I Sorry, I know why they rushed him back for this game because they're like, please get Geno Smith off this fucking field so that we can right. maybe have a chance to beat the Packers. But I don't know if he I don't know if he outperformed what Geno Smith could have done uh, against this Packers team. I mean, obviously he's got that Russell Wilson arm strength, but he was making mistakes. He looked fucking rusty. This is not the game to bring him back after a long layoff. Football does require you to be in rhythm, and Russ didn't look in rhythm this entire game. Um, Rodgers got it. He eventually picked it up in the second half, but even he looked rusty in the first half, even just missing a week. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think Russ will get it back together, but at 3-6 and six in a really, really rough NFC West, I don't know if that helps them. You're right. Yeah, it's... Um... Seattle, I, I did, we didn't expect them to win this, but I expected them to show up. And uh, now three and six uh, in a division where nobody else is really slowing down. I mean, the Niners just got a big win. What What's the plan, Seattle? It doesn't seem like it's for this year. So that that leaves them, uh, yeah, trying to figure out if is it worth having Russell Wilson as injured as he is out there, as long as he can't injure his finger more. I guess it's fine, you know. But, yeah, you're right. I don't expect them to, to have a bunch of magic here moving forward. The Packers uh, already now with eight wins. Good for them. No, they just keep piling <laughs> these up. Every year they just keep stacking them. So even when, you know, the Vikings have a little trip up where you're like, yeah, but they could figure this out. They're going to come back. No, the, the Packers have already run away with this, and it, it, and it sucks. But here we are. Um, but you got to give it up to them. They lost uh, – uh, Whitney Merciless, he tore his biceps, so now he's out for the year. The Packers are actually dealing with quite a few injuries. Oh, uh, yeah. Jari Alexander hasn't been out for a while. Two big offensive linemen, Brian Belaga has been out. I think Aaron Jones hurt something in this game too. Like there's more A.J. Dillon, a lot more too at the end. So something to look closely at uh, for the Packers moving forward because they go to Minnesota. They're playing the Vikings this week. It's the NFC North matchup. It's the border battle. Um, I'll pick it first, Dan. Uh, I, I, I can't pick my Vikings here to win this one. I think we're going to be in it. I, I'm excited for it. Uh, thank God we won the Chargers game because I think if we didn't, this one would have been heavy Lambo fans in there. You know, it would have been a lot of Packers fans making the trip, as there still always is. So there's still a chance here that they, they, I don't know if they outnumber, but they'll be loud. So it makes it tough. Uh, Vikings always play the Packers, though, good at home. And like I said, the, the Packers have their own issues, and, and Rodgers and stuff isn't as uh, flawless as he's been. So it's not a gimme, but I ain't picking them. 
Well, I think it's always been clear on this podcast that I'm a better friend to you than you are to me. Uh, <laughs> picking against my Cowboys, and I'm going to take your Vikings against these Packers. Are you? I am, with Aaron Jones being injured. Uh, Rashawn Gary also injured, Whitney Merciless. There's yeah. not going to be quite as much of a pass rush. So I think, you know, we're going to have Kirk have a little bit more time. Your wide receivers should terrorize these defensive backs here in Green Bay. And y'all need it a lot more <laughs> than the Packers do. So I'm I'm going to take the Vikings squeaking one out here uh, against the Green Bay Packers because if they don't, it's a tough road to hoe for uh, yeah. for the remainder of the season for these Vikings. But a win here would be huge in conference, in division, puts them right back into the swing of things for the wild card. So without it, real tough. With it, which I think they're going to muster it, they'll be back to 5-5, five and five, and, um, you know, they got the whole rest of the season to get it right. Seven more there games after that. Dude, if, if you're right on that one, I'll give you be right on the Cowboys one too. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have to see. We'll see on Sunday. Um the other game we can talk about is Arizona Cardinals going to Seattle. They're playing the Seahawks. Uh, I would assume they're going to rush uh, Kyler Murray back as quick as they can in this one. Uh, he was questionable start for this week, so given that he wasn't in there and and Colt McCoy couldn't make it two wins in a row, I'm pretty sure we'll see him. I haven't heard it for sure that yet. Well, I'll say this. If you're the Arizona Cardinals and you got – you went one of one with your backup quarterback, you got to feel pretty fucking good. Um, you know, that's that's not a bad way to go. But uh, I would say this very much depends on Kyler Murray. I think yeah. he'll play. I think he'll play. And if he plays, I'm going to pick the Cardinals. And if he doesn't play, I'm still going to pick the Cardinals because this, this Seahawks team looks fucking rusty and flat, and I don't know if they've got it this year. So I'm going to pick Cardinals all the way. Uh, I'm going to do it a little differently. I, I can't take the Cardinals if it's Colt McCoy again. I can't. So I'll take Seattle if Murray doesn't play. But I think, I, I think I'm with you. I'm pretty sure he is. So I'm with Cardinals because I think they'll get back uh, healthy and, and win this one in Seattle. All right. Uh, those are the games. That's everything we had for week uh, 10. We're on to week 11 already. Right? And you hit those double-digit numbers. You are, of a sudden, you're feeling a little sad. Like, oh, no, is the season ending soon? Oh, no, no. They added another week. We got a, a bunch of more pl- playoff games now, if you remember from last year. so Two full months. Two full months. <laughs> Two full months still of football. Stick it right here. We will be talking about it all the way through at the Push Off Podcast. So subscribe already, will you? And Cowboys right. will be playing into February, so that's fine. <laughs> Let's uh, talk about the picks. Um, you and me, like I said, we didn't pick anything different uh, last week, so uh, but we did all right in picks. So now, Dan, you have 90 correct for the season. I'm just one ahead of you at 91, so we're going to keep this thing going. Picked a couple different this week, so we'll see how it ends up. Hopefully I get the, the Packers loss and the Cowboys win over you, and uh, you feel pretty good about that. Yeah, yeah, that'd feel great. All right, let's uh let's I got some crazy stats. Here you oh, go. Oh yeah. All right. Um Oh, Chris Collinsworth is calling his fifth Super Bowl this year. The four previous he called all included the New England Patriots. So perhaps there's a fifth coming, <laughs> who knows? If it's Collinsworth doing it, that's uh really stealing a lot of credit from Bill Belichick. <laughs> Right? Collinsworth is just like, it's me, you guys. 
here's a guy. Uh, now here's a guy who makes sure the Patriots are always in the Super Bowl. This guy, let me tell you. Um, okay, and then um, you talked about how your Cowboys, everybody's getting interceptions. There's actually a leader, though, right now. The Buffalo Bills currently have nine different players on their team with at least an interception. They have 15 interceptions total right now. Uh, do you know how many is the record? How many different players a season could have one at least one interception? Ooh, what do you think I, the record is? God, I want to say it's probably nine. <laughs> no, it's 13. Oh, wow. And the 2010 Falcons were the ones who did it. Like God, Mike those, Smith. Those are the old Falcons. Mike Smith Falcons, yeah. That's right. All right, those are my crazy stats for the week. That's I, our push-up podcast. I have a crazy yes. stat for you. Oh, please. This is the one that I shared with you. If yeah. the season ended today, this is actually a depressing stat for me. <laughs> if the season ended today, of the top 15 picks in the draft, six of them would go to NFC East teams. Now, you could say that's because the NFC East is bad, but they've also made a bunch of trades that were pretty favorable. Yeah. And inside the top 10, half of the top 10 would go to the NFC East. So I'm enjoying the time on the top of the mountain the Cowboys are having right now because, oh boy, this division's about to get reloaded. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's what's supposed to happen when you have such rough, uh, rough go of it. You know, with these teams all at the bottom, there should be a re- recap at the top. So looking at you too, uh, AFC South, let's go. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, great. Thanks, Dan, for the crazy stat. So that's what we have here for this week. Uh, that's the Push Out Podcast. We'll be back next week. But before we bid adieu for this one to get you ready for the week of games, Dan, do you have any parting words of wisdom? When searching for the right type of concrete... You have to look for different substrates that are inside of it. Do you want to go with river rock that's a heavy sediment? Do you want to go heavy sand? Maybe if you live in Miami, there's seashells inside of the mix. But whichever way you go when choosing your concrete, make sure that you shape it properly, vibrate it, and form it correctly when you're creating your tombstones to place them directly onto your opponent's teams. Just be mindful, not all concrete is the same. Make sure your tombstones are built right. Oh, and we're learning things along the way. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us for another fantastic episode of the Push Off Podcast. I am Scott. And this is Dan. You enjoy that weekend of football. We'll be back to discuss it. Goodbye. Goodbye.